I'm Rosa Mendez, and I'm here at the number one Long Island broadcast, Monty Ferro. I have the best time ever. Hey, listen, Daddy. You're listening to the number one broadcast, Monty and Ferro, Daddy, in Long Island. The best pro wrestling broadcast of all time, I think. Jimmy, I got to tell you, man, it feels good to be back on YouTube. It was uh, quite disappointing what happened to us, but we bounced back pretty fairly quickly. Well, what, what else would we do? We're almost at 5,000 subscribers. Well, speaking of that, man, yeah. we need more members. Okay. What do you think we need to do to get the people of those 5,000 subscribers to come on and, and join the team as a Monty Nefaro member? Nudity is out of the question. Any other ideas? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But what I, I do have a few ideas. Well, just like Prell, they should tell two friends, and they could tell two friends, and so on and so on. Hit the like, hit the subscribe. Check out all our content. But that's, you know what? That's why you're, you're the star of the show, because guess what? Members get special content. Even we spoke about it. Farrell came to me one day, and he goes, man, what's the deal? I can't even watch some of these videos because I'm not a member. And I said, there you go, Farrell. You got to be a member because this is what the members get. They get free content nice. that none of the other fans that watch this show get. That's right. You get free autographs from some of these wonderful stars that come in, right? Nice. All you do is you go to the MNP webpage, or, right, our own page, yeah. and shoot us an email and say, hey, man, I want a picture of... Tommy Rich, I want a picture of whatever. And boy, that's on its way. We give them their choice. That's right. We rock. We do rock. And you need to rock, too. Join. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestler and broadcast. Monty DeFaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ron Konkuma, Long Island. Jimmy. Yeah. Off script. Off Because as we were coming into studio, Donald Trump has been indicted by a Manhattan grand jury. Prosecutors and a defense lawyer said Thursday, making him the first former U.S. president to face a criminal charge and jolting uh, his bid to retake the... Well, I mean, yeah, of course, they, you know, we're, we're going to try to stop that bid. And this, this has to do with hush money. Uh, with is this Stormy? This is a Stormy Daniels hush money. Yeah, Stormy. So I, What's you up, know, babe? I, I guess maybe I, <laughs> what? Maybe I don't understand what the issue is that you can't pay hush money for, for someone not to like tell everybody they slept with you. Is that your right? I really don't think it's any of my business. No, but but my question is, you got a right to do How can you be business? indicted for giving hush money? Wouldn't the person um, taking the hush money should get arrested also then? Well, it sounds like, you know, it takes one to know one kind of situation, maybe. I don't know. We got special guest Miss Seinfeld, and I'm going to ask him real quick. Oh, please. Hush money. <laughs> How do you get indicted for giving hush money? Let me ask you this. If she was a hooker, and she's going to meet somebody, and he pays her for the services, mm -hmm. that's a money transaction, right? She yeah. did services. She got... Now, afterwards, because she found the guy was famous, after she, he got, she got paid, she wants to come out, shame on you. Now, he could go after, the John should be able to go after her. So just like you're saying, she got paid, now it should be reversed because he paid you. You took the money, shut up. And if it, or if she, and we know she, he took, she, they took money without question. But who cares? She took it. You know, it how is about, what it is. How about the timing? 
of this. Well, of course it's timing, but come on. You think it's going to stick? It's, it's, at no. the end of the it's, day, it's, it's all it politics. It's desperation. And it's not going to stick. And do they really think that that's going to sway the supporters of Absolutely. Of no, 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 no one gives a shit right. what's going on here. Right. It's all for just sound bites and political because they had all these years of Mr. Trump before he was president. Mm-hmm. They tried to do everything to this man and nothing has stuck. Right. Nothing. So come on. Right. You know, it's bullshit. Well, She's just a girl. She's a hoe. Come on. It's I, I, I just said at it. The, She's a hoe. Wait a At the end of the day, it's all BS. Mm-hmm. He's got great lawyers. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a former president. This happened way before. I mean, we all knew about the whole situation for, before he was elected. Come on. It's all BS. Well, again, we don't want to worry about inflation and record-level unemployment. We want to worry about hush money. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Is there an ice cream truck going by? <laughs> you forgot to mention the one percent of the one percent. We got to worry about so, that too. On a lighter note, Dad yeah. killed outside Starbucks on after a lighter alleged, note. allegedly asking attacker not to vape near his toddler. Wow! A thirty-seven-year-old dad was stabbed to death in front of a three-year-old daughter and fiance outside a Starbucks in Canada after he asked the attacker not to vape in front of his child. A family member said Paul Stanley Schmidt and his daughter Erica were outside the Vancouver coffee shop around 5.30 p.m. Sunday while his fiance Ashley Umali was getting drinks. His mother, Kathy Schmidt, told the Vancouver Sun the hor- horrifying video posted on social media captured the moment of the man subtly stabbing Schmidt who was seen clutching his stomach as he was staggered and fell to the ground in a pool of blood. Smith said she was told that the suspect identified as 32-year-old Indernip Singh Gosa, hmm, interesting, carried out uh, the attack on her son and asked him not to vape in front of Erica. Farrell? We're going to waste... More well, this is Canada, so at least it's not our tax dollars. Well, I guess the whole we're gonna waste more money on the on people like this. We're gonna have a case now. Make sure that their constitutional rights are protected. What the fuck? Just French fry the guy live on television and well, get it again, over with. I Next, wanna, uh, not here's the footage. Here's the, here's where we murdered him. Okay, into the oven. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Not bake. That, not that there's anything what? wrong with this. Yeah, but again, I'll reiterate. Yeah, Inderdeep Singh Gosa. I don't even know what that is. Uh, that's this person's name. I'm assuming I they don't even probably know have not been born in this country and somehow came to Canada as a maybe illegal immigrant. Don't know. I Just have guessing. No, I have no idea. And, you know, the whole theory of Canada being this peaceful uh, thing because they don't carry guns, I guess knives are just as deadly. So is vaping. Could you imagine? This, I, no, me, I can't sir. imagine it. Excuse it's me, insanity. sir. Could you not vape in front of... Right. That's great. That's just great. And then they're going to waste the trial on this person? I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of eye for an eye. You know, you kill them? Okay, now you get killed. The end. All so right, well, anyway, we're going to talk about Jennifer Gardner, but the whole Trump thing happened, so we're just going to go past that. I want to announce some shows coming up on May 5th. Marty Gennetti, um will be in studio. Marty? Uh, 
Are you sure Marty will be in studio? Marty will be in studio. He uh, is Marty, does Marty know he'll be he in left studio? A, he left a special message. I'm going to play for it for you Marty guys. Left yeah, he special... left me a message. All right. Because he's excited about being in. Let me see if this works. Hold on. Right, well, was that you know, Marty singing me and Mrs. Jones? That was Marty That's singing me and Mrs. Jones. And uh, don't quit you know, your Marty day job, will be Marty. in studio. And again, right. on the last show I was discussing, I'm not happy with Marty right now. Okay. Marty was supposed to do Mondays with Marty on the channel. Supposed to. Which would have been hot. Would have been great. And he just went into Marty mode. Merger. And I don't hear from Marty for a month. He calls me nonstop, disappears, and then Sings I'm at work, me very and busy, me and, and I Mrs. see there's Jones. a missed call and there's a song about Mrs. Jones. He's singing Mrs. Jones. Not, you know, sorry, I haven't been around to do that show that I said I was going to do with you. He's just calling to sing Mrs. Jones. Mitch, have you ever run into Marty in your promoting years? I'm trying to remember. I believe AWA, not, he didn't work for me, but I remember when I was running shows in Jersey, AWA did a couple shows in some high schools and like local arenas. And I remember because I was with Scott Hall, and the rockers were probably on those shows. Yeah, I just didn't, I really don't know him, you know, personally. Mm. Also, May 5th, we have Val Venus and Eugene. Nice. Then the great Manny Fernandez, along with a good friend of the show, Mr. Tommy Rich. That'll be awesome. Uh, you know, I had a little discussion with Mitch um, I, and with you. I, I really want to go because I want to show Manny the respect that he deserves being this Vietnam vet. And yeah. I, I want to discuss it with him. But Mitch doesn't think Manny will speak about Vietnam. Well, you're a veteran, but every time my son years ago, I would say, well, you know, want to speak to him. Manny says he doesn't discuss Vietnam, you okay. know, we'll talk about football, talk about wrestling, you right. know, he talks about his patriotism. I can't speak for him, but, I understand. you know, because yeah. my son went to ask different questions because, you know, this was a few years ago. And Manny said to me, Mitch, anything, you know, you so much to speak about. But, he, I, you know, a lot of guys are, you know, because I was friends with Jaggers, too, who was also a Vietnam vet. Some guys talk about this stuff. Other guys, you know, yeah, it's, some can't, you know, they can't, you know, it's, you know, it's. Stuff stuff. Oh, yeah, we'll it, was, it was rough for a lot of people. Yeah, of course. May 13th, we have Teal Piper pretty in psyched, house. Pretty psyched, pretty psyched for Teal Piper. I'm pretty psyched about that, absolutely. I mean... I, I'm a big uh, Teal Piper. Very cool. Teal Piper fan. Very cool. I was, you know, you know, I was a huge Roddy Piper oh, fan. Oh, my God. Of course. I mean, you got to do an event with Roddy. Damn, yeah. I wish I had known you around that. Well, yeah, I knew you, but right. we were like, you know, doing our own thing. Boy, that would have been great. But May but 21st. I, I, I actually think that would have been one of those moments where Pharaoh was oh, disappointed no. oh, by his, don't tell me that. his uh, possible idol. Well, he Not was. Not that your idol works. Dude, I, that's long done. That, as far as yeah, but that would have been in the beginning where done. you're like, oh, my God, it's right. Oh, my God, it's. Like, yeah, the uh, oh, my God, it stopped a couple Actually, of years back. I will yeah. tell you this. Roddy Piper was really good to the fans. In fact, he was too good to the fans, which drove me absolutely nuts. I, I told the story already. Sign faster! I was like, dude, <laughs> sign and shut up. Sign, because I'm watching my money go right out the door. So tell me about your kids. Will you sign? This was his famous line to me. Like, someone would come in and be like, because we were charging a lot, not a lot of money. And, and the guy, you know, no teeth in their mouth, you know. 
I only have five dollar Roddy Pipe on my fan. I'm like, nah, dude, sorry. You gotta play hardball, right? Yeah. And then there's Roddy. Oh, I'll I'll, I'll cover his bill. Yeah, sure you will. <laughs> sure you will, Roddy. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be. And times up. that times about forty. It was like, are you oh. kidding me? And finally, I got mad. I was you like, know dude, what? I'm glad shut I wasn't up. there because he would have been no, a nightmare that's not, there. That's, listen, I was pissed. That, that's, oh, that's, that's not right. right. I'm glad I, wasn't I was there. pissed. That's man. not right. Yeah, but taking care of the fans. Well, he, he did. Well, he can take care of the fans, but if you're getting paid for it, you know, take care of them on your time. I, 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 know, I, I get it. But, yeah. but on the other end, we were talking on the last show about stuff. That guy took care of his fans. I, I witnessed it. That right. guy was spending. That's cool. Like when you went to talk to him, he talked to you. Right. Too much. I'm like, yo, <laughs> well, well, yo. Wait a second. Didn't you say Hogan spent a little bit of time with you? He had a big line of people. Oh, yeah, yeah tell people. us about how Hogan spent time with you. <laughs> For another show. You jerk. <laughs> For another show. Yeah, I was Florida. For uh, no another good. show. Thank, thank you, Mitch. You're, you're May, no May, May 21st. Brother. May f- <laughs> what? May 21st, Jack this Victory guy. and NXT star Myla Moore. Now, now, hold on. Jack Victory's my boy. You love Jack. Jack Victory. Victory's my boy. Nothing personal, Jack. Jack Victory is my boy. Easy dub, baby. Oh, and by the way, Milo Moore. Woohoo! Yeah. Woohoo! Anyway, a little roll call. Phil in the house. J.A., what's going on? What's up, Stingers, Phil? Maria. Phil? Stingers, you missed the, uh, you missed the uh, 7.30. Oh, my God, Stinger. Shit fest. Oh, uh, uh, by the way, Phil, no rioting when Cody does what he does at WrestleMania. You behave yourself. Oh, here's a great line. Finkelstein's in. Finkelstein. Okay. Says Marty slept with my mom 28 <laughs> years ago at an event. Mom said it was in May, and I'll be 28 years old on January 25th, 2024. Would like to call and say hi to Dad and see if he says my mom's his name. Oh my God! Is Roxy? Mitch, we're going to get to you in a second. Oh boy. What the hell? Because this is just impromptu, and I have no choice. Because <laughs> I want to know call, if are you, Marty. Are you calling Marty? I'm calling Marty. You are out of your. See if could, he picks up. If he picks up, I swear I'll be shocked. Oh, my Hold goodness. On. If he picks up. You think he remembers? You think he's we're awake? We're going to find out. You think he's awake? We'll find out. I don't Let's know, I don't know Marty. First of all, this is Marty. Tibbs, if he didn't even answer the phone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know. He ain't answering. No, he's not. He's under the pool table right now. Hey, Finkelstein, I'm trying to find out if Marty's your father. Yo, there will be a a, uh, a fee for, you know, for this, after all. Yeah, he's, he's napping. Marty, your kid wants to talk to you. You think he's got messages on it? <laughs> Damn it. Well, Fink, I tried to do my best, buddy. Oh, I man, tried to Fink, do my we best. We tried. We tried. To my right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bart Griggs, make up a band, <clears throat> Wisteria Hall. Bartman. Wisteria Hall sings such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind. Here Comes the Rain and the Monty the Farrow theme song, Riding High. Yeah, we do. You can find their music on the Wisteria Hall YouTube page where you hit the like and subscribe. And then if you're doing, going to spend the time to do it for Wisteria Hall, then what should you do? Then you better go over to the Monty and the Farrell page and like and subscribe and become a member. You got to become a member. That's. I mean, have you seen Hit all... that button. Crush that button. Have you seen all our different levels of, of perks and stuff like that? A lot that of when perks. When you become a member? So a perk up and become a member. Look, if you get the ultimate perk, because I just added it. Well, I see I'm a multitasker, so I just added the perk. 
if you become a level five, level five, five, five member. That's like ludicrous speed in space. Marty Janetti will announce that he's your father <laughs> <laughs> and beat you to death behind a bowling alley with a brick. <laughs> with a oh brick. boy, <laughs> it's the way to go, son. Okay. If you didn't know, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestler broadcast, Monty DeFaro. You catch Monty DeFaro and the Monty DeFaro YouTube page, Monty DeFaro Facebook Live page here on iHeartRadio. Spotify Anchor, catch us on the Monty DeFaro Twitch TV page if you're lucky enough to live in New York. Channel 115 every Tuesday at 9.30 and Saturday at 11.30 a.m. And Channel 20 on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. Very nice. Also, download the new app. Intuitive Network, I-N-2-U-T-I-V-E, where you can catch documentaries, movies, and Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, the anchor of Intuitive, Your flagship. Monty and the Pharaoh. Nice. We'll be right back with, I'm very excited, and I'm happy to call him a good friend, Mr. Mitch Seinfeld. See you in a second. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. And Nitro's Garage for all your automotive needs. Call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage. Ask for Jack. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? (laughs) Well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, where we're honored to have Mitch Seifeld in the studio. Mitch, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing very well. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for taking the time to come out to our studio. So, Mitch, we were talking earlier on the earlier show how, you know, in this wrestling world, you know, when you first get into it, you only know about the mainstream stuff. But then you you kind of start to find out about the people behind the scenes and that being someone like yourself, right? So fans that may not know you, can okay. you tell them a little bit about Mitch Seinfeld? What can I say? Um I'm going to be 54 this July, but right before I turned 17, I promoted my first pro wrestling show. In fact, everyone who says they're a promoter, like when they're 16 or 17, legally, the state's not giving me a license. So my mother took out the license, but I was the one who ran my first show at 16 years old. Um, We had a, a nice crowd. I didn't know anything about wrestling. I did it with Afa, the Wild Samoan, and on my first show, I had... In fact, let me grab this poster. I don't know if the camera will catch it. This has been in my warehouse for years. This Perfect. was in Perfect. 1986. Hope everyone could see it. Oh, yeah. I had Ivan Freaking love that. That is awesome. Cowboy Bobby Duncan, Wendy Richter, the Samoans, where it says the great Coquina, that was Yokozuna. Oh, wow. So, I mean, wow. the Tonga kid. I had my friend Ox Baker I became friends with. And this was a show I did. And I was a kid. I had no idea what the hell I was doing, but I wanted to be in the wrestling business. 
And that's how it started. I find it incredible that that's in a high school. Look at those names on that card. Yeah, Alpha, did, Alpha did a nice job with it, but it was very difficult. I wasn't with the WWF. It was a local independent show, so I had to put up posters and flyers and all sorts of stuff that people don't do today. Today, everything's on Facebook. They put a little thing up, a couple flyers, and they draw two or 300 people, and that's what the shows are, what they are. If they're lucky, some shows draw even less. I think if I remember, we had almost 1,000 people that day. How does a 16-year-old... Oh, that's another story. How are you we don't have enough al- time. <laughs> how are you even allowed to run an event? I'm like well, amazed was at this. The license was under my mother's name. Okay. She you know, went to the state. You know, we formed... I had no idea. I just wanted to be in the wrestling business. I love wrestling. I thought, boy, I really want to be in it, you know, and I'm not going to be a wrestler. I'm sick, but I wanted to be a promoter, and that's okay. what happened. And um, Gary Capetta was a good friend of mine. Oh, you know, we love who, Gary. You know, still a good friend. Yeah. So I had some good people who tried to give me advice, you know, as best they could. And it was trial and error, and that's how I learned. Can I ask you something? Sure, anything you like. I'd hate, I'd hate to – I'm a huge fan of Capetta. Gary's great. Great guy. But how come Gary doesn't ever get married? Like, I, I never see him with a woman. Is there something going on there with Gary? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> fucking shit stirrer. I'm Gary's asking awesome. a question. Well, maybe he's not into that. Maybe he's just a private dude. Maybe he's got a million girlfriends and hangs out he, with the Pharaoh he and shoots heroin. Yeah, yeah, listen, I'm yeah, not yeah, on well, the inside. Well, of course he doesn't so, do that. I, I, he, the know, man mentioned he was good friends with Gary. Gary's, maybe a, he Gar- 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 Gary's like a brother to me. I love the man. He's really, Gary's really awesome. Awesome. Hey, look, there's you know, no... I, I don't I don't know anyone's personal I don't know anyone's personal life. There's a I'm lot not of people saying you do. You know, the, the, You're getting <laughs> defensive, Mitch. I'm no, all asking a question. <laughs> That's great. I really I re- honestly don't know. Did you ever see what Joe you? Pardon? No, no. No? Nothing like that? Listen, Gary Gar- Gar- Gary is a close friend for I many years. You know, he's, he's I'm the a best. huge Gary We're fan. He is the best. I don't know what that guy I'm telling you, when I was on QVC. And I'm negotiating with these people to go on to do my thing on QVC because, you know, I spoke to Gary and he's the one who advised me how his WCW contract was for him to go work full time. Mm -hmm. I used the same things that he was telling me when I negotiated when I'm on TV for those people. So Gary's nothing but the best, you know. So on the last show, we got into it about Thunder Rosa and superstar Billy Graham. Being that you're so close to the industry, and I'm sure you're friends with a bunch of these guys, what are your thoughts on the whole thing with the superstar Billy Graham situation about him looking I, for I, GoFundMe I, money? You know, um, as you know, Lloyd Anoa'i, who you know, was just on your show, yes. I just spoke to him. He just had his kidney transplant and knocked on what everything went well with him oh, and his God wife. God bless, God bless. You know, and as much as these guys give, they, a lot of them don't have a lot of money. You know, just because you made money 30 years ago doesn't mean you continue. And Lloyd has a, a job and he works, but sometimes guys need a little bit of help. Billy Graham, I don't know if he ever got a job after the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea who he married, has money saved. I don't know these people. So I guess some guys look feel a little desperate sometimes that they do need help to whatever. Um, from what I understood, Billy Graham was living in like a small efficiency or like in a motel with him and his wife. So he really was not well off. And when you go to these clinics and this stuff, even if you have insurance, you don't have insurance, you know, 
sometimes they do need some money. You've been a promoter. Does it fall into the hands of, mm. of Vince McMahon to have to take care of this man? You know, it's like you, you, you had a teenage job. You worked at McDonald's as a kid for four or five years. Your mm -hmm. life goes on and, and mm -hmm. you get sick. And, you know, at the, you know, 30 years later, do you go back to McDonald's and ask you to help you because you worked for them for four years? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a tough situation. You know, uh, if the man is hurting and people can give, that's up to them. You know, that's 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 a personal choice. I wouldn't, uh, there's a lot of GoFundMes out there from all different types of people, you know, some wrestling, sports players, this and that. I mean, Jake the Snake Roberts had a GoFundMe for his shoulder surgery. I remember they put it up and they were given stuff. This guy still gets top dollar to do autograph appearances and everything. But mm -hmm. I guess for the insurance, you know, he didn't have insurance. The surgery costs so much. And if fans want to donate people, that's up to you. Right. You know, I right. personally... I've given to people's organizations, you know, what I can, you know, that's my personal choice. If I feel someone's in need, if I can help a friend, I'll help a friend. But just to send money to someone because you entertained me 34 years ago, that's a tough scenario. You know, that's being honest Monty with you. Monty Nefaro gave to the Annoy uh, surgery. I know Go you did. Yeah. yeah, I know. In, in fact, Lloyd, he said that's, you know, he was, Kevin Nash gave to him. And cool. he called up Kevin and that's Kevin cool. says we take care of our own. That's cool. You know, because Kevin was fortunate enough. So, I mean, yeah. I spoke to Lloyd yesterday, you know, and he's very thankful for the prayers and whoever contributed because there's going to be a time that, you know, him and his wife both can't work. They're going mm. back and forth, you know. Times I, are I tough, a lot of people. I honestly think you should be donating to your church or your temple before you're donating to someone's uh, GoFundMe page, right? Listen, personal choice. You know, it's all personal choice. Personal choice. You know, and that's uh, that's that's why we, we are in the country and where people can make decisions like this. Right. And and don't chastise God. those who thank decide God. to go one way or the other. Yeah, way. no, it's not it's not a cool thing to do. If you could afford to help someone, if you want to, that's your personal choice. Right. Don't be forced into it. Don't put something on and and put you down if you don't. That's right. what I don't like. Right. Not to fear you off this, okay. but we're going to talk about your QV because you, I got to tell you, I keep telling Mitch you should write a book because no, not his happening. life, but. I don't know if Phil's screwing with us, but Phil says Andre used to love QVC and other home shopping channels. Is that true? Who? Andre, Andre the, the Giant? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. okay. I, 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 Phil's, I, uh, I, 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 you know, I never met Andre. Okay. You know, I, 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 from my understanding. Wait a minute. What would Andre buy off the QVC listen, channel? They're selling like regular let, size football let, jerseys let, wait, wait and second. stuff. Wait a second. Don't forget back in the day when I, when I did QVC 1999, whatever that time, only had 20 channels on TV. Yeah. QVC had a low number yeah. on the cable box. Yeah, yeah. People were entertained by it. They yeah. were on there. I oh, mean, yeah. by I the way, saw... the, first, the first lady to wrestle, he says that you were on her favorite, her favorite shopping channel. There you channel. go, dude. Yeah. You're all you over know, that. That was a long time. I mean, I did over $10 million on QVC oh with one product God. in a little over two years. Wow. You know, I had a show. We should there. be on QVC. What are we doing? You know, but that was a different time. Don't That's forget, true. it wasn't Amazon. It wasn't, you know, it was a different time back then. Yeah. You know, today I still hear they do some great numbers, but they're competing. Everyone's competing. Yeah. You know, at this, it, how many channels are out there? Look at all the networks you're on. Too many. You Too know, many channels I mean, on cable. thank God we have YouTube that right. you're on now where you, we could do a show like this instead of being public access. Plus, you have cable. But, I mean, that didn't exist years ago. Right. It really didn't. Hey, Phil says that Andre bought a lot of his stuff off of QVC. Oh. Pretty cool. That's interesting. I'm trying to figure out what he bought. So cool. There's a lot of stuff on there. Mitch, being one of the, uh, you know, 
early promoters from back in the day, 1986, we saw that card from. How do you look at today's wrestling promoters? You really want me to go there? Absolutely, <laughs> I want you to go there. Um, okay. I've been to a few shows because of our good friend, Mr. Eric Sims. Would, you know, he always would have someone. I'd take my son. Went to a couple shows. Some of the shows are good, and some of the shows are not so good. And I don't want to knock anybody. Okay. Um, because maybe some people that like the shows that I did back then, you know what I mean? For whatever it was, I feel that the people who are running the shows now don't promote like they, like we did back in the day, you know, to be honest with you, Tommy Fierro is really doing a nice job building his brand, his, whatever he's doing. He's running some good shows, you know, and I got to give credit where credit is due. He's doing a nice job. He's keeping storylines consistent, and he's only working a small area, but his fans will follow him. Mm -hmm. Some of these other shows I go, I went to, they just very, very amateurish, you know, and I would never let some of these guys in the ring. I, you know, just because they don't look like wrestlers. They look like they should be pushing shopping carts in Walmart. You know, they don't look like wrestlers. When I had a, sh you know, one of my friends who I always would book would be Tom Brandy. Tom's six foot four. I mean, good looking guy. He used to walk into a room, you knew he was a wrestler. Right. You know, that's what you're missing today. Guys would come in, they would look like pro wrestlers. They would act like pro wrestlers. You know, these guys today. Is it always just size or is it also it factor? Like, let's say Rey Mysterio walked into your card to, and he didn't know who he was would, okay would... We, we had some smaller guys years ago who were very good mm -hmm. who would work on the shows um and would do that style right and it was a small niche and you don't right. do one match of that it's part of but the i want i want to put a guy ray mysterio size against tom brandy who's six four. it doesn't look right you need another guy to work with him right who would do that sort of just like having a girls match you know you want two girls who are going to put on like misty blue would always work for me and, and linda D they put on the one the best matches there were anytime you had misty she was good she was on tv they gave a great show and that's what people want people want to be entertained you know and i i don't like slap fests yeah. that the guys are doing okay. stuff has to make sense mm-hmm you know, you were, you, were you horrified when Rey Mysterio won the world title years back? You know what? It's all bullshit at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, well, at the, the end chase. of the day, everything's changed over right. the years. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. It's not what it was. So, you know, don't forget, 86 to 96, a lot happened. Oh, boy, you ain't kidding. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh God, In the wrestling. Yeah. So when, when I finished up was around 90. Right. And then I, you know, 89, basically 88, I started dabbling in the pitch business. And then I went into it full time. So did wrestling burn you out that quick? No, if, this if... is what happened. There was no money to be made on an independent promoter. Okay. I'm a kid. I'm not making any money. Okay. Because um, my relationship with George Napolitano, George introduced me, I'll tell you the story really quick, to Lonnie Hanover. And if you don't know the name Lonnie Hanover, he was the press agent for Scores. Every time Howard Stern would talk about Scores back in the day, that's because of Lonnie. And Lonnie took a liking to me, and I was a young guy, and he says, Mitch, this wrestling is not for you. Okay. You should become a pitchman. I said, what the hell is a pitchman? And he basically told me a little bit about it. And this, if you go back, there was a product years ago on TV called DD7. It was a stain remover. Mm -hmm. They would do like a magic act. They put ink on your hand, and you put a little of this cream on and take the ink off. Mm -hmm. So 
that's how I came in about that time. There was a Space Saver hangar. There's a couple of products they were promoting. Guys were making unbelievable money. So when I came into this, I, to being a pitchman, that was basically Lonnie just telling me about it. And he was trying to discuss, because he did a little bit of selling when he was younger. And he was telling me, you know, the techniques that you would do to get a crowd. And, the, and he's just telling me this over the phone. And I basically figured it out. And that's how I went from one product to another product to another product. And when I came in, I was a natural. You know, just not to pat myself, but I was a natural, you know. And I had some, a lot of good friends help me, and I watched people, and you learn. But I was, right off the bat, I was very good at it. So it, it came easy to me. So you talked about how you went into this career and you right. earned the money the right way, and you're coming from that wrestling industry. now, And you're still involved with some of the wrestlers, well, well, and you know them. Ted Petty was my best friend, right. you know, who was Rocco Rocco, public enemy. How do you, nice. you know, again, again, we're just fans. We always okay. say this. Right. But how do you feel about the wrestlers trying to gimmick money out of the fans? Or Like, it always seems to me to be a gimmick. Okay, it's, it's a car always- it's a, wrestling's a carny business. Right. Okay, so if you want to go back to the days of wrestling, you're being a fan, you're watching New York wrestling. I remember, you know, you, you like, uh, Michael, you told me that uh, you couldn't believe when Sal told you about Professor Elliot taking the tapes and dropping off at right. WR Studios and a man never drove. Well, obviously, he had someone drive and we'd give tickets to. Right. But it was a very carnivalistic business back then, the way they would run in on a local basis. Guys were living in apartments, different places, and you come in, you come out, the promoters were running it. A lot of guys did a lot of small spot shows, you know, besides the bigger shows. So you're working, it's like working a circuit. You come here, you go there, that's what they're, so they're coming from that background. So when they're trying to work people, that's their business. Back then, you know, they didn't tell you it was what it was back then. So in the back of their mind, they always were working somebody. You know, that's the business. Isn't there guilt behind that, though? That you work someone out of their it's the sa- it's money? A, it's the same thing as a guy in a carnival who's trying to get your money for playing a game. Right. You know, it's a business. It's how they feed their family. So if you look at it like that, same thing as a guy who has uh, a restaurant and he wants to upsell you on a dish or this. It's This is business. It's business to these people. Gotcha. You know, so... Whether you are, whatever you do, it's, this is life. It's a business. They're selling you an idea. You're, you're selling, you, you know, you're selling someone an idea. Yeah. You know, you want them to believe in you. Yep. Yep. You know, that's the reality. Mm. Who was your closest friend outside of, obviously you mentioned Ted from, uh, you know. Okay. Who, did you have any other really close friends? George Napolitano. George. I mean, I. Blackjack Brown, who passed away this past summer. I mean, okay. I, we had a small group of people. So, yeah. you brought Johnny up Black- Rods. You brought up, <laughs> Johnny Rods. You brought up Blackjack <laughs> yeah. Brown. Okay, yes. So, for some people who don't know who Blackjack Brown is, he used to write that little article in news that the Daily News that used to come out. Yes, like, he was in the Daily News, and he was involved with PLJ for over the years. And he had the gab line years ago with Bruno, and that's how Sal met Bruno. Different people. It was okay. just a great guy. Uh, did, did he actually make some money off of that? By he, he made money with, they did well with the 900 lines back then. It was our, whatever was the gab line in the beginning. And he was always around the business. So I guess he got some perks for being in the business. He wasn't a wealthy man, but he enjoyed it. He was a lifetime fan. I mean, uh, 
Davio wants yeah. to know what woman in today's wrestling would be best sell the thigh master. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you could you could laugh at that thigh master. That thing used to take in five six thousand dollars a day at the Roosevelt <clears throat> Raceway flea market. Wow. You know, guys are making a fortune. Your thoughts on, on the Ginsu knife? I sold them. <laughs> I sold the Ginsu knives on TV. I, I did. I did on QBC. I sold a lot of knives. How about the walk? The hand-hammered walk? Oh, yeah, my yeah, God. Yeah, that yeah. thing must have made billions. They made a lot of money I back in the day. TV, one of my was, TV was very strong. One of my favorite stories, and I couldn't believe it, is that you were on the Morton Downey Jr. show. Oh, we don't want to discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. tell. How did you end up on the Morton okay, Downey Jr.? Okay, so... Um, Davey G, who worked on my shows, his real name is Davey Geigold. His, um, he was Morton Downey's, like, security guard, bouncer, whatever. He, always worked, he would always be on the show. Davey used to work the shows. I mean, I knew Davey since I'm a kid. And he calls me and says, Mitch, they're going to have a show on wrestling. And I do not like the athletic commissions. I never did. I thought they were all bullshit. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, we know what wrestling is. Right. Mm -hmm. It comes out. And what, what the hell's with the commission? I'd rather give the state sales tax money than all the bullshit that goes along with it. But years ago, they wanted to keep everyone out, so you had a commission. They still have a commission in New York State. Don't ask me why, but Vince didn't get rid of the New York Athletic Commission. So the show was about wrestling with the commission. So here I am. Must have been. I'm trying. To, I don't. I don't know if the tape is out there. I don't even want to see the tape, to be honest with you. But I went on the Morton Downey Jr. show, and I was sick. I had no voice. And Lou Albano's all drunked up in there. Davey O'Han was on. All these people were there, and I was like the one who was. You know, they were all. We need the commission. It's real. It's wrestling. You know. I, and here I am saying it's all bullshit. We don't need the commission. And that's what you know. But that was the show. It was a long time ago. It was. Uh, you know. Today I laugh at all that shit. I really do. It was fun, you know, but back then I was hot. Well, I hated Lou for years from that one. Oh. Yeah, because he ate me up. I was a kid, you know. Mm. You know, you got drunk Lou Albano going crazy. I didn't have any voice. I couldn't say, Lou, hey, go, you know. Lou. Right, right. I couldn't do it, you know. I had right. no voice. I was sick. <laughs> now, did you say anything to him after the show? Nah, like, nah, it doesn't mean, doesn't mean nothing. No. It really doesn't. Listen, I, I could, you know, years later I had a concession in the Danbury Fair Mall. And I used to see Lou with Alpha every so often. He'd be, you know, in Allentown, different stuff. And I went over, I said hi to him. He was just sitting in the mall of the food court, you know. And that life goes on. You know, it's funny because, like, you know, once you kind of got away from wrestling a little bit, I think I was in the Army, whatever else. Um, how did Lou end up in his final years? Was he well off? I have no idea. no idea. I really don't. I mean, he was on a lot of stuff, and he had a lot of people – doing stuff with him, so I have no idea. You know, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't starving. Well, you so know. speaking of managers, um, where do you stand? Who is the greatest manager Okay, you're going to hit me up time. with this. Okay. Yeah. So Paul Heyman worked for me in <coughs> 1989, it was? 88? 88 must have been 89. Paul has become the greatest manager in the business. Too many years on nationwide television, not regional on top, besides the fact he created that whole ECW from the promotion standpoint, I say Paul's the best. That's just my opinion. The best or the most famous? No, I think he's the best at it. I, I, I'm I, not I, arguing. I, I really believe that, you know, is he the character that a Lou Albano was or a Freddie Blassie was? There was a different time. He's his more, own character. Right, he's his own person. You yeah, know? no, he's great. You know, he's not a car. He's, it's just, I think Paul is, I he's believable. He plays that. the part.
and he's played the part at the highest level for a long for time. A very long time. So, who who broke uh, the Undertaker streak? Paul or Brock Lesnar? Paul was there. Roman Reigns. Paul is there. Right. And you know, and that goes back to the Samoans right now because Paul who, used to who, manage the head shrinkers. So when you knew him back then, uh -huh. did you feel like he had a great mind for wrestling? Paul, back absolutely. Then?H, uh, I think Paul's the best. I would never have thought that when he was carrying that giant phone. I just no, be like, Paul, eh, Paul, 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 Paul's the best. I'm telling you, from day one, Paul is great. Don't forget, he was around. Johnny Rods told you the story. I mean, I listened mm -hmm. to the show. Yeah. I used to. They had him to drive the van. He, he really was around the best. Yeah, he was. You know, he was taking pictures, trying to push George Napolitano and Bill Lapter out of the way in the garden. He loved it. Yeah. So here's a guy who loved the business. Obviously, he's not going to be a wrestler. Mm -hmm. And got into the promotion aspect. Just, you, you, no one's going to surpass him. Yeah, it's a little trivia question, but uh, remember the magazine I was featured in when I had my own wrestling mag? Right. There was another guy that was having his wrestling magazine featured in that same article. Guess who, guess who that was? Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. Yeah. This yeah. was years before 1989. This yeah, is no, like Paul, 1981. Yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul's the... Uh, He's very good at it, yeah. and no one's gonna and no one's gonna take that away at this point. Hell no! You know, listen, Lou Albano was great back in the day. You know, with the Samoans and this one, mm -hmm. Freddie Blassie with with the Iron Sheik. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, those are great stuff. But Paul, I mean, he's on the Tonight Show. He's in different places. He, you know, he's yeah. he's the guy. But he's just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. A nice Jewish boy. He is. He is. Oh, he, he is a nice Jewish boy. Um, what what prompted you to stop booking? Was it, I mean, what was the cost to bring in wrestlers? Was that? Okay. So this is how the Eric Sims and these other people have been able to come into it now that they, they could try to make some money with some of the guys. Mm -hmm. Back then, if you ran a show, you'd have to pay for each wrestler most of the guys would get a hotel room and an airline ticket. You're paying no, for all of these things? Yeah, well, you, yeah, the guy's coming in, you know. So you're flying him in, you're paying the airline ticket, you're giving him a payday. So if a guy cost you, say, back then 500 it wasn't 500 It was probably closer to 750 with the airline ticket and this and that. So if you're doing a small show and you bring in three names or two names of $500 a piece, that's 2200 right there. The ring rental, you know, so Teddy used to rent the ring. And Teddy, the reason everyone liked Teddy, besides the fact he would be the, he would, before he was Rock or Rock, he was the Cheetah Kid. So he would come, he would wrestle as the Cheetah Kid, he'd set up the ring, and we'd do these shows, you know. That ring was 500 bucks. You know, don't forget, he's got you a You had a performer and a maintenance crew all wrapped up in one. You know, so, but, pretty sweet. But, but that's, but that's. That you know, it's pretty sweet. Well, that's what people. But he was very good, and that's right. why people. The reason they took the ring first it was a, a great ring, mm -hmm. and Teddy would perform. Right, of you course. know, and then it's that. So, 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 so do me a favor. Yes, hold up one of those posters real quick. Which one do you want to see? Doesn't matter. Choose any of them. Because I want to look at this flower with you okay. and say, okay. So you want to so do the, you want to do the now math? Hold, hold on. This is in a central school gym. Yes, this is in a gym. So let's run okay. through that card. And let's try to figure out Don Morocco. how much this should have cost to have this. Well, first card. of all, I can tell Dom, exactly what it cost. But hold on, we, I oh, want we're going to guess. We're going to guess, and then I you want to guess. You got to guess. You're the money guy. Okay, first of all, right. Don Morocco. So read the first match. 
Don Morocco versus Sika. First of all, Don Morocco is from Hawaii and probably wanted to be like, you know, launched on a rocket over here. Well, he probably it. wasn't in Hawaii at the time. We'll, we'll assume that he was still living Oh, he's here, actually right? over no, here? He was, he was in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, oh, he was in Woodbridge. <laughs> gotta, gotta Very good. assume that. Right. Okay, I thought he was a beach bum. Oh, there's beaches in Jersey. All right, Morocco versus Sika. That had to cost you some pretty coin. Then you got Patera versus Afa. That had to cost you some decent coin. Misty Blue Sims against I, Linda Dallas. Yeah, that one probably didn't hurt you. I see, wait a minute. Bobby Jaggers and the uh, Cheetah Kid. Cheetah Kid. There's, there's the maintenance guy right there. So okay. just if you were going to have a show now, right? right that's got to be $4,000 worth of talent. On top of it, the, the, the top four names probably was 80% of your budget just to pay them. So what did you pay I'm for I'm taking that a guess. Okay. <laughs> this is 1989. Uh, off the top of my head, Sika had a ticket. Ken Patera had a ticket. And I flew in Jaggers. So each guy, you know, I'm going to say the numbers because I won't, I won't bullshit you. There's no reason to. So I, I remember, I think everyone got, they, each, oh, each of those four guys got 500. We okay. had two shows that, you know. Those top four guys. Each guy got, got 500. Okay. You know, plus, the, you know, and then. You got them rooms, though, too, and flew them in or no? Um, I don't couple remember if I paid the rooms because they, they were in for a couple shows. Because okay. Appa had a show, and then, you know, if they're coming for a few nights, we're not, you know, they're making some money, they can split the room. Okay. But whatever. So, and Jaggers was with me, and Teddy, and Misty. So... Just off the top of my head, four. You're probably the talent was about four grand. So for the for the, for the whole show. And you're with promoting the ring. that. You're the one promoting this entire show. Yeah, I, I sold the show. So do you? I sold you the show. Sold oh, there's two more matches. Sold the show. So here's here's the smart so, idea. So so, so hold go on. Ahead. So hold Let's on. Hold right. on. Hold, I'll go to this one. So my second show was in Union, New Jersey. God, I love that card. Look at mm, that. Okay. Look at that, man. So I sold the show. I think it was sixty five hundred dollars. So you sold it. You went I, to the my Union second School show. Gym, was smart to sell it. And you said, "Hey, I'll this sell is, you no, no, the no. show." No, no, this was a. So my, I had a friend Car, who I'm still friends with, Carmine Desperto, who used to be a wrestling manager for uh, oh. wrestling editor for Wrestling Eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmine and I are the same age. Yeah. And Carmine says, uh, "He says I know this guy. Maybe we could do a show with them in my high school. He lived in Union, so he gave me the sponsor. I sold the show for." It was six or sixty five hundred. You I mean you're talking a long time ago? Mm -hmm. Slaughter got twenty five hundred back then. Wow! The only reason I was able to get the show because they wanted Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. So Slaughter got twenty five hundred. The guy who we worked with also worked another match. He worked twice, and I think he got probably two fifty. Uh, Johnny Rods and Ox Baker, the girls. So I think that show probably the payroll was probably close to four forty five hundred. Four grand plus and the you, ring, and you sold the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, I, got, like, I probably, 65. I probably, I probably made a G note. Now, it's have... a lot of work for a thousand dollars. Yeah, honesty, are you kidding me? That's that's the reason why yeah. I got out of it. Yeah, because you do these shows. Well, do you today. have to, you have to, you have to have insurance too. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's all part of, so it's all part to, of the package. So that's all part of the package. Yeah. So are oh, you doing these once a month? These shows? Well, I was selling a few, to? but it's not easy. No, it doesn't you know, sound that's, it. That's why I have a lot of respect to guys who do run. You know, even on the lowest of levels, these guys who do these shows who run regularly, it's not easy. 
So at the end of a show, if you made $1,000 and you had to work all that time on that show, it's not a lot of money. And you have more to lose than to gain. Because if the sponsor doesn't pay you or something, most you're going to make us a grand, and now you're out all this money, you've got to back it up. So to be honest with you, it's a bad business. Oh, from my it, it standpoint. It sounds like a pain in the ass. Well, that's why, that's why I became a pitchman. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. How many there people would come to a show like that? Um, they sold they sold tickets and they probably had 800 people or so whatever it was in there but over here these sponsors would get people to buy the ticket see there's a way to make money even if you don't have a big crowd if you have sponsors they have people buying tickets businesses mm-hmm. as a you know as a um, fundraiser mm-hmm. that's how they can that's the right way to do it you know the way to do the wrestling business that people don't do is you go to a a football team, a Pop Warner, and say, listen, you're going to have a wrestling show. $5,000, I'll bring you a show. Pick up a number. I need you to sell 500 tickets at, back then it was $10 a ticket. So mm-hmm. that would be $20 a ticket. So once they got their money, then you put on the event. That's the right way to do it. And that was very difficult back then. Who was the biggest prick you ever got that you ever booked? Anybody ever like, you know, wow, this guy's a jerk. You know. Um, Had to be somebody. Not that he was a, no, no one really was a jerk. Rocky Johnson missed the first night he was supposed to work for me. He came the second night and he had separated sternum. Oh, And wow. he was working, he came in, oh. he was, he came in, he was supposed to be working, a tw- he was, I don't know the story, but, you know, I was a kid back then, but he missed the first night. He was working with Dr. D, David Schultz. Okay. He came the second night and. There wasn't much that Rocky could do because, you know, something was wrong with him. And I and David, you know, and Rocky did not give the fans the best match they could. Not that it was David's fault because David could only do so much. Mm-hmm. But the guy came in hurt. It would have been better off that he didn't show up. How was it working with David Schultz? Oh, David's great. In fact, I hope to see him on May 6th, you know, if I could take that day off. I, I like David. You know, as a kid, I would go up to, I went up to school one time, and he's, I'm taking bumps, and I hit my head a couple times. He said, don't worry, take a couple of aspirin, do it again. You know, David, David's great. He really is, you know. He, he's a guy who really got screwed over. I'm not yeah. sure how you would know the answer to this, but is there any heat between uh, your buddy George Napolitano and Bill Lapter? No, not at all. You sure? Because yeah. it says here I should ask you. Is no, there any no, problems? No, no heat, no heat. Are you sure? I'm positive. George is George, Bill is Bill. You know, they, there was no like no, competition no, between no, the two. Why are you photographing me? No, get off no, my yard. No, they, nothing they, like that. No, nothing like no. that. George, no? I, I never, I never ever heard George. And I'm, I, I just spoke to George yesterday. Both, I never, I speak to George all the time. I mean, I was, I was the only Jew at his house for a Christmas dinner, Easter dinner. You know. How did he, you guys become friends? Did you say this already? Forgive me if you did. Who George? Yeah. How'd he, you guys? T- he just, t- he just took a liking. He to just me. took a liking. Yeah. To you? you know, What's like, with these like people, he, like, they just take a liking he, he had, to you. George, George and his wife Jackie and his family like, adopted me. I was living. Wow. In, my parents got divorced. I moved from New Jersey to Brooklyn. Okay. He was in, I was living in Canarsie. He was in Diker Heights. Okay. And we just took a liking. George, I, I would go everywhere with George. George let, you know. He's lovable. George, take a liking well, to him. George was, you know, I can't, you can't, no one can say anything bad about George. Oh, he's cool. You know, he, he's cool he's the us. best. You yeah. know, you, it's. You mentioned earlier that, you know, Ted was your closest friend yes. in wrestling. Can you share with the fans uh, what it was like the day when you found out that Ted passed? Mm. Okay. Um, I came, I was doing my pitch business and I was at a fair and it was, uh, I came home 
And his girlfriend at the time, Jeannie, picked up the phone and quick dialed me. I was like number two on the phone, whatever his quick dial was to get me. And said, Teddy's having a heart attack. Mm. Mm. And I was living in Long Beach at the time with my, Olga and I weren't married. Was, she was my uh, fiance. This was a month before I was getting married. He died in September. I got, I, we were married in October. He was supposed to be my best man. And uh, she says he's having a heart attack. And then he said, she calls me back, he's dead. Oh, my mm. God. So uh, I took a shower. My wife and I went to the hospital. And I never been to this hospital in Elizabeth, but I knew exactly how to get there. No maps, no, I just knew exactly how to get there. So that was a, that's a, it still hurts today, you know. There was no one like him. No one like him. I mean, the best. I'm not going to ask you to, to make comments on specific incidents, but I would like you to, to hammer home for the folks at home who don't realize how tough in real life the public enemy were, especially Teddy. Okay, Teddy was a NCAA Division I wrestler, went, got a full, full scholarship. Eight years he was a, a wrestler in college. Wow. Pro boxer. Okay. Uh, went into a kick. He was. They were renting a ring in Atlantic City one day for a, a kickboxing show because he had the ring business, and they didn't have a heavyweight there. And his friend, he used to have a friend, Danny Thomas, used to sit at the ring with him. Just happened to have a famous name, mm. and they're overhearing this. And he says, "Well, the guy here with me, he can do it." He said, "Really?" So Teddy filled in for the heavyweight, and they said, "Well, we're not going to hurt you." Teddy knocked the son of a bitch right out. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Knocked him out. <laughs> so, you. you know, I will say this publicly because a lot of people have said shit about Bradshaw and, you know, with the, they had a match on, 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 uh, Wait, that's what I was going to ask you. Okay, you can ask this because yeah. you know what, you know, I, I'm going to say it because I'm pissed that people say this shit. Ted Petty would knock uh, Bradshaw and Simmons out without even a heartbeat. It wouldn't even be a question. He would just, he could knock them right out. So you're not going to beat up Ted Petty. So rule, and, these on, rumors are and, greatly and, and, exaggerated. And, and Mike Durham is yeah. also a tough guy. Mike don't take shit either. Right. So when they, so what happened with that match was, um, and I heard Terry Taylor years ago do an interview or something I was watching on YouTube, that they knew something wasn't right. Before Teddy went to WW to WCW. He, he went with the WWF for a couple shows, did a little loop with them, and then Kevin got him guaranteed money to go to WCW. That's why he went down there. Because mm -hmm. New York, there was no guarantee. Mm -hmm. And that left a bad taste, he felt, because he was working with the smoking guns on a loop, and they worked out really well. Teddy was telling me, everything worked out really well, everything was good, and it left a bad taste, I think, in New York's mouth. So... I don't know what happened. He was jumping back and forth. You know, wasn't going right with WCW. They went up to New York. They were doing really well with um, the Brood and all that stuff that they were doing. You know, but it's not a great storyline. Terry Taylor's when it brought him back because mm -hmm. Terry was doing some stuff. And then whatever happened that night in the ring, I watched the match. You're giving someone your body. Let's be honest. You're giving them your body. You're trusting them. You're trusting with your them. health and your life. You're trusting them. Yep. And if these guys gave, you know, they could work stiff. I mean, Teddy always told me the story the first time he was in the ring with Harlem Heat. They're working really hard in, in, in the studio. And they went into court and Teddy said, to God, do I owe you any money? And they laughed and 
They, you know, because they thought that that's the way, because watching ECW, people believed, you know, what they were doing. It is what it is. So when I watch that match, you're throwing guys around because they're letting you throw them around. Let's be honest. Teddy's 250 pounds. His partner was 270. You're not throwing a guy 280 pounds and doing all the stuff unless they want you to work with them. Yeah. So, and at that stage of his life, you know, he was up in age. He was almost, you know, probably 49 at that time, 48. And he doesn't want, if he goes back and knocks a guy out, what does that do for him? He knocks a guy out on TV, punches the guy out. What does that do for anybody? It makes, it, it's, it's no good. So I get, they went with it. But never, ever think that you beat the shit out of the public enemy. Bubba Dudley, uh, what's his name? You know what I'm talking Bully about. Bully Ray. Bully Ray, whatever. He says that same shit that we beat up the public enemy. They didn't want, first of all, uh, Big Dick Dudley, Alex and Teddy were very close. Big Dick okay. Dudley. So, nice. so, so Alex and Teddy were close. Uh, Teddy and Taz were close. I was there when all these guys were being trained by Johnny Rods. Wow. I see them all be trained. I didn't see that group, but I was, after high school, I used to watch Johnny train guys for, you know, my whole senior year. So he says, oh, the public enemy want to work. We beat the shell of the public enemy. No way you beat the shit on Ted Betty. No way in hell. You know, you want to say it to do your tough act? You shouldn't say it. Teddy's no longer here to tell you, you know, what, shut the hell up. You know, that's he's, just, he's bragging over someone who's not even not, around. It's not, to... it's not right. It's not right because I'm telling you, you didn't beat him up. You might have worked stiff with him, but you didn't beat up. You didn't force them to do anything. You know, the Road Warriors, uh, Joe and, and Mike, they love Teddy. Mm -hmm. They both, I mean, at Teddy's funeral, Animal sent the be most beautiful flowers. So, I mean, he, they worked with everyone. The Bushwhackers, you name the team, they worked with them. You don't work with everyone, and then what? The Funks. Terry Funk adored Teddy. Mm -hmm. Adored him. I mean, they would work the boys in the back. Everyone talks openly now, so it is what it is. It was years ago. After the match they did in the ring, they went back to, to, to work the boys in the locker room. I know Teddy's not here to speak for himself, yeah. but since you were so close to him, I have to ask you, did, sure. did, did Teddy have any... Uh regrets that they didn't get they, listen in ecw you know how they were they were huge okay in ecw did he have any regrets that that wasn't somehow able to translate to the bigger companies no okay. no it is what it is okay you know everyone you know it's a business yeah teddy knew exactly what was we know what was going on mm -hmm. you know it was a small company paul you know paul and him were uh, and todd were just doing what they can do mm -hmm. they only had the ecw arena they had tv mm -hmm. and paul never got the next spot Right. You know, and there's only so much you could make with Paul. Johnny and Rocco just, I mean, you know, hit a, a political wall kind of at the end of the day when it comes to the inside of the business to try to get further, or was it, you know, no, were they, they cock-blocked? No. Teddy was older. <laughs> no, Teddy was older at this. Don't forget, Teddy, right. he didn't make it until he was later on. Right, right. You know, he was in his 40s as Rocco. He was Rocco. killing himself. Just killing himself. And the funny thing is when he was the cheetah kid, he would mm -hmm. do all those spots and everything. Mm -hmm. No one wanted to work with him back then. Mm -hmm. The only one who worked with him was a guy named Mike Kalua. He wrestled as King Kalua because Mike was strong enough to catch him. So that we would have okay. cheetah kid versus King Kalua in a lot of shows because not too many guys wanted to work that style. Years later, everyone's doing that stuff. Wow, that's funny. Yeah. You started promoting during Hulkamania, Robert. How did you feel when you saw ECW years later? Were you like, well, what I, is I, going I, on Paul here? Paul was or? my friend, you know. I was right. I was invited in the locker room. I'd be down there with Teddy, with Paul. 
Did you, you know, know something special was happening? Because something special oh, was happening. Oh, I, I, I knew they were doing well, you know. I mean, it's, uh, listen, my friends were there. Mm-hmm. Taz. I mean, I was very friendly with Pete. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley. I was friendly with Mick. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, but <laughs> so, so, here, so I'll give you a great story. I'll give, you, I'll give you a great story really quick. So Mick Foley and Teddy were working for the AWA. Sal Carrenti got Mick on the show, mm-hmm. and they were working some shows, and Jerry Lawler was up at that time. Could Mick afford McDonald's back in those days? Uh, Mick, Mick was always tight. <laughs> All right, Mick was always he was, tight. He was always tight with money because, Excellent. you know, he, he knew what to save, truthfully. Right. You okay. know, Don't forget. He, so Certain th- things you shouldn't save on, though, like your teeth. But, yeah, he didn't uh, save up to go yeah. to see the dentist. Well, what, okay, so, re, re, okay, listen, I'm not here to pick, pick on Mick. No, we are. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> go ahead. Exactly. So, so, so anyhow, so Mick is on his, so Mick and Teddy worked, and then Jerry Lawler hired Mick to go to Memphis. Mm-hmm. So Mick left that vest at the show, so I had it because I was with Teddy okay. with the ring. I was helping with the ring. That's not just any always, vest. I, huh? That's not just any vest. So he comes to, so he, try, he, so on his way to Memphis, he stops off in Brooklyn. You know, to pick to to pick up the vest. He's okay. been over my house there many times. In fact, when he used to work with Rick Sunny Beach on some shows, mm-hmm. Nick would pick me up and I'd go with him. I mm. mean, we were friendly back then. I, I loved the guy back then. He was great. I haven't seen him in years. Don't tell I, him. Don't tell him you like I, us I, now. I only wish everyone the best. Seriously, at this stage of my life, I don't wish ill on anybody okay. politically. I don't care. I, gotcha. I, I, I really don't. Oh, so anyhow, he picked up the comes to pick up the vest. Comes into my uh, my grandma's house. And my grandma says, you're a beautiful guy. What's with all this face? that you got to cut your hair and trim that beard. He said, that's grandma, great. that's my gimmick. So that was, you know, a funny mm. thing. But he went to Memphis. He slept in his car. He starved. Oh, I'm I mean, sure he, put, he, he went to a lot. He put his time yeah. in. Went I'm to sure. So these guys, you know, they really were hurting back then. I'm sure. You know, there wasn't a lot of money made. So whatever yeah. money he made as time went on, he deserves every dime. Oh, he did everything the hard way. Absolutely. He did everything the hard way. Now, when he starts talking politics. Yeah, shut up. Okay. I don't want to hear politics yeah. out of a wrestling. Yeah. I, I really don't. I right. really, I, at the end of the day, whether you uh, – I like what you say. Um, you just entertain me. All Please. these All these people, just entertain right. me. Right. Whether you're a Hollywood – I don't want to hear it. Yeah. I just don't. You know, yeah. we can discuss what we want to discuss, but don't preach to me who you like. That's why I hate the – you know, I, I can't stomach, you know, a lot of the networks today, like the spew. I can't watch the – you know, years ago I used to watch the view. You know, I'd be home and the see – The spew. I call it the spew because all I do, they <laughs> I spew hatred. Yeah. You know, I don't want to hear hatred. Yeah. I, every, even Fox. I don't, don't want to watch the show. Yeah. I really don't want to yeah. watch it. It would be nice if some of the shows were, like, open and on both sides and had a real discussion. Imagine that. Instead of having their agenda. No, 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 no. I, I can't stop. All right, so, them. Mitch, we're out of time. Oh, we're out of time. We, we didn't even we, start. We, we, just, well, come on, we, we could do another hour here. What do you mean? Why don't you give us a pitch to extend the show? Listen, listen, listen. Listen, right now, right now. You want one? You want one over there? Listen, everyone who wants me to stay on for another 15 minutes. doing a pitch. Let's do 15 minutes more. We could get a lot more done. I wanted to go right down to the chat room and say 15 more minutes. There's only one person that can make that decision. Spidey? Hey, Spidey, do we have to go home now? <laughs> Let's do 15 more minutes. We didn't Spidey, touch what do you anything. say? Your sport? No, we could keep going. Oh, okay. there we go. Spidey. There we go. Right. All right. Uh, boop, boop, All right. Boop. Everyone gets a free peeler right now. <laughs> a free peeler for everybody watching the show right now. <coughs> and a free shaver. Go ahead. Uh, what? Oh, you want me to do a pitch for Manscaped? Do I get a half a buck in each one? A, no. Pitch for Manscaped? This is the last no 15 minutes here. a pitch for Manscaped? <laughs> oh, my lordy. 
All right, so Mick Foley's not a bad guy, according to you. Okay, no. I, I guess I can live with this information. That's you know, okay. listen, I was around so many people back then. I mean, Abby. I lived with him in Puerto Rico. I lived with I lived with Jaggers in, in in Florida. I mean, I had a lot of friends in the business. So since you know all these people, yeah. you were probably worked with Bruiser Brody, Frank. Actually, I never I I was with him in Puerto Rico. Okay, he never worked for me on a show. So when you were in, with him in Puerto Rico, yes, great guy. I was you with knew him, him. In Victor, and Victor Quinones' apartment. Went to him with the matches so and everything. When you found out that he was supposedly murdered in the shower. Oh, I knew, I knew it immediately. I got the phone call. I called right down to Puerto Rico when we heard it. Some wrestlers have been here, mm -hmm. and they've taken the opinion that Frank was looking for it, and other people said he was cold-blooded murdered was a, for, for over money. Could Frank what have is, avoided this situation? Yeah, what does Mitch okay. Seifeld think about this? All right, since you guys always talk about the Brody situation with different people, always ask that question. Right. It's got a life of its own. Okay. I do not know what was in Jose's mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know personally what was going on. In fact, years ago when Jaggers was up here doing uh, Feinstein's uh, shoot interview, I was in the, the room. And Bobby said it was about money. Okay. You know, a lot of people say it was about money, points, this and that. I don't know the real story. Mm -hmm. I do know that I saw Jose years later. I was down there. And I'm not going to say the person, but he said, please tell this person they're still my friend. You know, because he doesn't want to lose a friend. Okay. Because, you know, he was close to a lot of people up here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to mention it because it's personal. But, you know, Jose was always nice to me. You know, so Frank was nice to me. Black Jack Mulligan, when I met him, was very nice. These people are nice to me. Mm -hmm. So what happens between two guys and something gets out of hand you know, mm. I mean, it was a story one time. I'll tell you the story. Estrada was pissed. Jose Estrada, they owed him money in Puerto Rico. He wanted to go, you know, he was really pissed. He wanted to go there and, and he wanted to kill somebody in the office because they owed him money. Guys get hot over money. And, you know, when you got to feed your family and you got all these problems in your life, money can do some weird shit to people. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, you know, and Jose's daughter, uh, Baby daughter, girl, I think, drowned in a pool right before right then. Before it, so right before it, So he wasn't maybe not in the best frame of mind mm -hmm. for whatever he did, you know. Everyone always says, we're, that's a little flyover. Everyone always asks, uh, you know, the only ones who really know the true story, one is Victor Quinones, who and I was very close with Victor. Victor was a great guy. He knows the story, but... He's not going to say Does it. Carlos Colon know the true story? I, I, I think Carlos, Jovica, and Victor know the story. Mm. And Jaggers would always say if Victor was alive, he could have told the truth because he didn't think the other two would. Mm. You know, and, mm -hmm. and did they buy off a judge? Did people not get the right uh, letters? You know, you hear all these different stories. I have no idea. You've heard Tony Atlas speak. What do you think about Tony's story? Tony was there. There you go. He was in the locker room. Mm -hmm. I mean... He was in the locker room. The young bloods were in the locker room. There's, you know, that was the babyface locker room. Mm -hmm. Something happened. Mm -hmm. Tony heard it, but does he know why it happened? You know, everyone's saying he was buying monsoons uh, shares. Share. Who knows? Who who really knows? Come on. I don't know. They everything is speculation. You have no idea. Are you surprised we're still talking about it with this much passion well, you, all these you, years you, later? You guys talk about it with passion. A lot of people don't. There's nothing wrong with keeping it alive. Mm -hmm. But at this point, you know, it's 
Nothing's going to be done about it. So time to move on. I feel, you know, he has a wife, Barbara. He has a son. These people have to live with this every day. But to keep on bringing this up at this stage, what does it mean? Seriously, what does it really mean? I'm being honest with you. There's there's more positive things in this world. You don't think that there could ever be a day where justice would be served somehow? No. That that already left the... uh, That left the building decades ago. That left a long time ago. That's pretty sad, but okay. But listen, uh, Puerto Rico's a different place. I know, I've been there. I like it there. But but just realize that's a different place. Yeah. There's a reason that they don't want to become a state. Ah. There's a lot of things that go on down there that you wouldn't want going on. Right. You'd be flipping out over it. Okay. You know how you flip out about stuff, you know, when you're here in Detroit and water and this and that? Just think of all the shit that's been going on there for years with the electric grid. Mm. You know, going back to former President Trump, he said the electric grid down there was terrible. Mm-hmm. It's been a problem for every hurricane. Right. Speaking about hurricanes, I was in Puerto Rico with George. This is a great story I'll tell you about George and Sal Carrenti. So I'm in Puerto Rico with George, and the, George, Abby, and I were in the casino the whole night. We go back to the hotel, and we walked in probably 4 o'clock in the morning, and they handed us a candle. And I don't speak Spanish. They just, we just went up to the room. The next day, Sal Corrente calls us and says, you're coming down for breakfast. And we're looking outside. People are playing tennis. The sun is shining. George says, call the airport. They said all flights are canceled after 1 p.m. George says, pack up. We got right to the airport. We're on the last flight off before Hurricane Hugo hit. Mm. All those guys were stuck down there for almost a week. No water, no nothing. So we got out of there. Wow. Wow. So, just in time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that was, uh, that's just like, just my friends, you know, people who you, you've known, you know, through me, whatever. It's like, everything is just, uh, you know, a lot of places, a lot of people. I always had a good time. I enjoyed the wrestling business. You watch wrestling at all nowadays? I can't. I'll turn on Monday Night Raw every so often. I, I enjoy Paul because Paul is good. You know, I'll watch his stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't watch the matches anymore. It just, a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. You know, What's but it's a point? different. What, what bothers you about it? Just too many things or just? Too much. They want to be too fast. Mm-hmm. They're not telling a story. But I'm old. <laughs> Don't forget, I'm not a kid who's enjoying this. Right. Right, you know, these right. kids today are right. enjoying they, it. Just they love it. They just don't know because, any better. Just because right. I don't care for it, or this you might not time. care for right. it, yeah. these kids are enjoying this stuff. It's a different right. time. Yeah. I and mean, you've got to remember when we were watching when we were younger, like I say, I don't like watching the old matches anymore because they're ruined because they're just, they're really bad. They're so, really yeah, bad. I don't well, think okay. they're really bad. It depends on the okay, match. Okay, so. Some of them are so, great. So uh, let's talk about this. When Morocco was in Madison Square Garden. We, 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 Takes his finger like this and blows snot over the whole audience, yeah. right? Uh-huh. No one bitched, no one complained, right. right? A guy takes a bottle of water, throws it on someone. Now it's a whole thing. They got to bring the guy to back to... Right. I mean, different time. Way different time. Everything is different Way today. Different they're, time. They're, they're appealing to the kids. They're appealing to advertisers. You know, this, you're, not, you're, not, you're not running to see a grudge match today. When you when I watched Piper against Hogan, you know I, I remember I, the first match I went to Madison Square Garden was that summer thing where um, Wendy Richter won the belt with the um, uh, that the, summer the show. Brawl for it all. Yeah, whatever. That July show was I was that was the first time I ever went to Madison Square Garden. People were excited. Today they're just going to be entertained. Right. 
That's the difference. They're there for the spectacle. They're, They're not there for the, there for the match. Right. Right. You yeah. know? No, I mean, I mean, I when you. Kamala would come out years ago with that whole thing, it was like, there was a mystique about it when he came out. You know? The yeah. Whole thing. Today, no one... That's why the that's why the the bloodline is not doing a Samoan gimmick. Yeah, you know they're doing the Sopranos from Samoa. Right. <laughs> let's end, let's end the doing. interview with this because you started off with it. You, you had Yokozuna on one of your cards. Yes. They just had a documentary on A and E about him. Okay, I didn't Every, see it. Well, okay. everybody spoke about what a great guy he was, and he'd give you the. Jacket off his back. It's a big jacket. You have any good stories about your? I really, you know, I, I, I only had knew Roddy through Afa, and he just did a couple shows and that with me. Don't forget, he was in Japan, different places. Every time I saw him, he was always very nice to me. Mm. Just you know, now from what the family says, the best. Because when he was making money, he would give it to the. See, that's one thing in that family. I shouldn't say anything, but I'm going to. When the, someone's making money, they take care of the rest of the family as best they can. That's cool. You know, they if, if they can. If they can't, they can. But don't forget, a lot of guys didn't make a lot of money. This was, I hate to keep, say this, it was it was the circus. It was a traveling carnival years ago. Of course it was. Guys who work in small territories, they're working 50 bucks a night. They're starving. Could you imagine going around all over the place for 300 a week? Mm. No. But mm. that's what these guys did. That's the reason why I left the business. I became a pitchman. <laughs> Why should I work a whole month to make that kind of money? I can make it, you know, very quickly. Because you're chasing the glory. And, you know, when you, but, if you're lucky enough to get it, you yeah, know, and, you better and, do right by and, it. And, and, by the, and by the same token with wrestling, a lot of guys, they just don't want to have a straight job. They don't want to work. They right. enjoy it. Right. They enjoy putting on the performance. Even though, like you say, it's That's 10 minutes, yep. they will spend... Hours to go someplace to work for 10 minutes. Absolutely. But of it's course. not, so the ring might be only 10 minutes, but you got to be there before, you got to be sure. there after. So it's a much longer day than just the 10 minutes oh, in the this ring. Goes, this actually goes back to, we could go back to the Ric Flair documentary. It's a form of selfishness because all you do is care about yourself. You don't care about the better good of anything else, right? You just want to do what you want to do. No matter what the outcome is, so you have in order to be a wrestler or, God knows, a rock star, or whatever else, an actor, you have to be a any performer. You've, you've got to be very, very selfish, right? Because you've got to be able to walk, like walk. Say you have a kid and a wife, you got to be able to walk away from them, or vice versa, and go. Well, it doesn't matter how much money I make because I'm going to live my dream. Right. And. One side of me always says, man, I'm jealous of those people. God bless them because I wish I had enough balls to do it. And the other side of me is like. It's a tough life for the family. Life. It really, I it mean, is. even my family. I'm a, I, I do three events a month. I'm only basically home one weekend a month. Mm. But think so, about but, it. But, but this is what you're doing to feed your family. Mm -hmm. And by the same token, guys like at that higher level, their families are very well. I mean, they're not starving their family out. Let's be honest. Yo, sure. But, you but, know. but think, think but, about but it. But it's a All sacrifice. All struggling wrestlers that you talked about the sacrifice and the very few who make it, you always hear the story. Stone Cold. He was garbage, wasn't doing anything, couldn't make it. He has this wife from England, but they're together. The minute he makes it, goodbye. Yep. But this is life. Goodbye. Yeah. But this is life. Yeah, and, that, and, and just because they were with someone doesn't mean it was the right person for them. I totally get yeah. it. But it was the right person for them when they had nothing. 
That's my point. Yeah, and how, how could and all of a sudden they're not the right person when listen, you have Listen, and Lennon went from Cynthia listen, to Yoko. Li- listen, what are you doing? Listen, well, anyway. we're, we're, you want to go all over the place, Sorry, but at the end of the day, you got to be happy. Mm-hmm. And whoever you're with. And they have to be happy with you. Mm-hmm. And just because they're with someone when they were poor doesn't mean that they, they, they click. I mean, people. Well, again, some people have loyalty and they stay with that person. But it doesn't mean. That's, the tough times. Yeah. But wait a second. It might not be loyalty. Maybe just weren't right. They just got married for the wrong reasons. Wait a second. Let's, let's people get married for the wrong reasons sometimes. Or, or. They fall in love with an idea instead of reality. That's one side of the story. The other side of the an story idea. is maybe they're just a scumbag. Yeah, it could always uh, be that With too. that, <laughs> next oh week God. we've got. I got to come back here. This is it. I, I, we need to do another hour. We've got match. Maggie Cole Messina in. She is the sister of Lee and Tom Cole, Tom Cole from the from Ring, Ring Boy Scandal. Ring Boy Scandal. Yeah, I, I only heard about the Ring Boy Scandal from what you guys, because obviously yeah. I, I listened to your show. Different stuff. You I were really, promoting at the time. Yeah. That was a different, you know, the, the, everyone knew the story that you hear about Mel Phillips and yeah. when Arezzi did it on Donahue, whatever. Who? You know, John Arezzi, you no, know, I your don't. friend. No, I don't. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Never so heard anyhow, of him. <coughs> that's good that you never heard of him. Guys who don't shake hands, I'm not into. Does well, Sim shake your hand when he sees you? Well, wait, no, a second. Guys, I, you don't know how listen, to shake hands. No, listen. No, when I, cool. shake, when I when I so so going to you want to go talk about Mr. Sims? Don't forget, I know him since he's 16 years I'm old. I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, Oy. so I go back with wow, that. Wow, you are a time. patient soul. Oh my wow. goodness, him and, and Chris, <laughs> the whole group used to come over to my house. So I know all these people. Okay. Okay. End of the day, a lot of shit went on back then because it was different times. Yeah. And you know, sure was. Sure and was. I think, and people were always afraid to speak up. Yeah. Just realize because they lose their job. That's right. You're protecting right. your own ass. Well, have a great WrestleMania weekend, Mitch. We're going to have you back on. Oh. You were incredible. Farrow. You've been watching Monty and the Farrow. And until next time, have a happy WrestleMania. Later.